0: Hello friends and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back my friends to today's episode of Everyday Truths. Unfortunately, do not have uh, any postcards today. So get those postcards coming. Uh, I'm out for a few days. Uh, we try to record some of these podcasts in bulk. So I'm I'm out for the next few days, uh, but we'd love to uh, know where you're listening from and or where you've gone on vacation. So get those postcards in, and we'd love to uh, introduce them day by day. We're in Mark chapter 11 in our Bible today. And we're starting a brand new chapter, obviously. And we're starting a section in the ministry of Jesus where he is entering Jerusalem for the final time. So many times in the life of Jesus, humanly speaking, he had gone to Jerusalem. But now in the final week of his life, he's entering this great city one last time. And also remember, this is a time of great tension in the ministry of Jesus. The religious leaders are very upset with him. Uh, They've basically put an edict out on his life. Read about that in John 11. And so there's a measure of danger, humanly speaking, for Jesus to come into town. And remember, the disciples, they're following, but they're afraid. Uh, They are sensing this division that's coming. And Jesus is about to do something in Mark 11 that is going to really uh, grab some attention. We call this day Palm Sunday. So just a few days back, we celebrated this. Uh, Let's see how Mark's gospel deals with this great day. Mark chapter 11, verse number one, "And, and when they came nigh to Jerusalem, near, near to Jerusalem, unto Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. So those two cities are located on the east side of the Mount of Olives. And you make your way through those villages, get to the top of the Mount of Olives, and then and only then can you see the other side, the Jerusalem side. So as pilgrims would make their way from Jericho, we left Jesus in Jericho last episode, blind Bartimaeus. And as you make your way up the Mount of Olives, you would go by these villages. So the Bible says here in verse number one, that he sendeth forth two of his disciples. And saith unto them, go your way into the village over against you. So on the opposite side. And as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never man sat. So this colt, no one's ever ridden this colt before. Loose him, bring him. And if any man say unto you, why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither so interesting story so Jesus obviously has some plans about the details of his entrance into Jerusalem on this day and one of the plans he has is to enter on a cult now why why would Jesus want to enter the city on a cult because this was a fulfillment of Messianic prophecy in Zechariah chapter number nine so Zechariah wrote, Back in the 500s BC, he was one of the two prophets that were were encouraging God's people to get back to rebuilding the temple. And he also talked at the end of his book about the, the coming of Messiah and ultimately the second coming that we call the second coming of Messiah, when he actually comes as king of kings and sets up his millennial reign. But the Bible says that when Jesus is to enter Jerusalem, he will come on a cult. Now, why? Why a cult? Because a cult was a symbol of peace and triumph, of victory. So if a general were to come to town on a white horse, that meant he had conquered. If he came on a cult, that meant he was coming in peace, in triumph. So Jesus is fulfilling the Old Testament prophecy of Zechariah 9 and verse 9. Everybody would understand this. Anybody that had an inkling— that Jesus could be the Messiah, would understand the symbolism of what was happening here. Entering on a cult would be a visual expression of I am Messiah, I am entering, I am presenting myself. And what's interesting is Jesus said, now you two go over there, Go to the city, you're going to find a cult tied. You're going to go in, he's going to be right there. Just take him. If anyone asks you about it, just say, The Lord has need of him, and they're going to let him go. So, what probably happened was Jesus had prearranged this, and whoever owned the cult was somebody who believed on Jesus as Messiah, so that when the disciples said, The Lord has need of him, they would understand, Oh, Uh, We know who the Lord is, and we respect his authority. So this was a planned event in the life of Jesus. Now, what's interesting is many times in the public ministry of Jesus, he tried to escape the crowd. He wasn't trying to attract a crowd or to invite a crowd. But in this instance, he is purposefully and in preparation and planning getting on this cult to tell people this is who I am. So this is very important. Look at verse number four. And they went their way and found the cult tied by the door without in a place where two ways met and they loose him. So they they went to the city. Sure enough, there's the cult tied right at a major intersection, the Bible teaches. So whoever owned this cult was making it very clear that this cult was available, it was there, it was in a conspicuous place, and the disciples did exactly as they were told. They unloosed that cult to take the cult back to Jesus as he had commanded. Look at verse number five, and certain of them that stood there said unto them, "What do ye loosing the cult? Hey, hey, guys, 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 what are you doing? Can you put this in a modern vernacular? What if so? What what if?" Uh, uh, Jesus said to somebody, hey, go down to that parking lot. Uh, the first car you see when you get enter into the parking garage, uh, the keys will be in it. Just get in the car, drive it away. If anyone says, you know, what, what's the deal? Just tell them, uh, the Lord told me to do this. So you can kind of get the picture here. People are like, wait, wait, what, what's going on? And they give the answer that Jesus told them to give. And they said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. So I see here a great obedience on the part of the disciples in that they are doing really an uncomfortable thing. It's almost would ostensibly look like they're stealing. Just go take this cult. I mean, so there's great faith that they're having in Jesus, but I also see the faith of the people that let the cult go. It's one thing to go get the cult. It's another thing to let the cult go. It's kind of like if I went to you and said, hey, the Lord told me, to tell you to give me $20. I know you've got it, give it to me. Well, it would take great faith for me to really have the confidence to say, hey, the Lord told, if the Lord really did tell me, I know some televangelists say that, it's not true. But if I said to you, hey, the Lord told me to, give, give, give that, to tell you to give me, there we go, $20, that would take some courage on my part because are you gonna believe me? Uh, that sounds a little bit self-serving but it would take greater faith on your part to say, okay, here it is. And that's what happened here. These men let the cult go. And what I would say just applicationally is, wow, if the Lord needs something from me that I own, that's in my possession, that I'm watching, and the Lord has a need of it, then I ought to have the spirit, Lord, I'm going to let that thing go. I'm going to allow you for your purposes at your time in, in your way to receive that which is now under my stewardship control. So there's great faith here, I think, on the part of both the the, the doer and the, the releaser uh, of this cult. Look at verse number seven. And they brought the cult to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. So this is the fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. Zechariah, the Old Testament prophet, whom God used to encourage the people to rebuild the temple or get back to rebuilding the temple back in like 520 BC. Uh, Zechariah also talked about the coming of Messiah. And in the prophecy about the coming of Messiah, Zechariah tells him he will come on a cult and people will cry, cry Hosanna, and this will be Messiah. So Jesus is very clearly fulfilling an Old Testament messianic prophecy and saying in no uncertain terms, I am the Messiah. In that sense, attracting a crowd. Look at verse number eight. And many spread their garments in the way. That means uh, along the, the way that they were going to walk and ride. And others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them or strew them in the way. So we know this day as Palm Sunday. Some of the branches, some of the fronds that they cast down were palm leaves or palm fronds. And interestingly, a palm frond was a symbol of victory and peace and triumph Sometimes we call this day, Palm Sunday, we call it the triumphal entry of Christ, of Messiah. And that's exactly what it is. As Jesus presents himself uh, to his people, the ones whom he loves, uh, Israel's Messiah, the one who has been promised to them. And remember what the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 13, that he came unto his own, but his own received him not. So this is a great offer, the greatest of offers, and yet they are going to reject him just as the Bible predicted and prophesied. And indeed, these people that are going to praise him, Hosanna, son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, these same people one week later will be among those that will say, crucify him. They will be among those that will forsake him and flee. And so how fickle People are. And yet, Jesus, how loving and faithful he is to offer himself for us. This is the beginning of the end. Now, the end is going to be a good end because he's going to rise from the dead one week later. But this is the Sunday before Easter Sunday. This is Palm Sunday. And I hope we've learned a thing or two about it. We're going to stop right there in verse number eight. We'll come back to verse number nine next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. Hope you're having a great day. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.